Father, we just thank you for another opportunity to hear from you. We thank you that we are on your mind and that you have things that you want to speak to us today. We're your favorites. You've got good things up your sleeves for us, God. You've got good plans and surprises and so many exciting gifts that you want to lavish upon us to demonstrate not only to us, but to the others in our lives what kind of dad you actually are and just how good your goodness really is. And so, Father, we're asking you tonight to expand our hearts, expand our minds, expand our capacity to receive from you. Make us more lavish-minded. Make us containers of great big daddy gifts. Father, we say yes to your heart's desire to be epistles of your love, to be letters, to be testimonies, to be witnesses, Father, that demonstrate the kind of dad that you are. That's a pretty awesome call. And so we say yes to that. Father, I also ask for areas that we've had trouble receiving that. I ask you to come and into those very places in our hearts, into the, the wounds and the, just the, the places that are not yet able to receive your fullness. And do what you need to do in those places, God. Replace lies with truth. And speak to us specifically, Father. What we need to hear so that our hearts are healed and we can experience your manifest goodness. I ask you tonight, Lord, just to speak through my, my mouth. Think through my mind. Say what you want to say. Go where you want to go. You know every single listener. You know everything about them. And you know what they need to hear. So I just yield. I say, yes, do what you do, Dad. Be an awesome, amazing father. In Jesus' name, amen. So I've had quite a bit on my heart in the last couple of weeks since I was last with you. I've been traveling, and so we've had a little bit of time since... Um, tonight's podcast and the last few that we've done. And so, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, when you are, when you are blowing and going in your life purpose and you are really surrendered to the work that you're here on the planet to do, to the reason that you're on the planet to do, I, I can tell you sometimes it feels like you're on like this supersonic jet <laughs> just going, you know, at the speed of sound or at the speed of light. You're just going so fast because 
how many of you know God is up to a lot on the planet? And I believe with all of my heart that he will go as fast as we'll let him in our lives. That he will, he will transfigure us and reveal himself through us to the extent that we're willing to let him do that. And so I kind of feel like, you know, I'm in this like, whoa, sonic jet going 90 miles an hour. And there's so much, I just feel like I'm getting so much revelation all the time. And he's speaking so many things. So, you know, I sometimes have to just really settle in to be like, okay, how, Lord, what, out of everything, I feel like you've been showing me and speaking to me and revealing to me, what, what is it that you really want to hone in on uh, for this podcast tonight? And I, I heard this phrase and I really feel like, you know, it's going to be the title of, t- of today's podcast, but I, I really feel like there's something deep in this for everyone. Um, and it's just a really simple phrase, but I, I want you to grab a hold of it. Uh, and it's just the phrase, it's your time. That it's your time. And... When I, when I sat with that for a minute and I, I thought about, what does it mean, it's our time, it's our time? I really believe that if you're listening to this podcast, that you know, I always believe this, but I, I'm going to say it again tonight, that I, if you're listening to the podcast um, today, wherever you are, that it really is a divine appointment. You know, it's not like I'm doing... You know, spending millions of advertise on advertisement here to get this podcast out, but we've got listeners. It's it's amazing how God finds people <laughs> all around the planet. Honestly, I mean, international listeners. I'm here in this little bitty town in Woodland Park, Colorado, and we've got listeners all over the world. And I'll tell you, it's not because of, like I said, because we've got some huge marketing budget. It's because the Holy Spirit is leading people supernaturally. To these podcasts. And so I want you to receive that this is a divine appointment for you, that this is a word in due season, that this is the Father's message or prophetic word or whatever you want to say for you tonight. And I'm going to say the phrase again it's your time. Now, said another way, I'm going to say it another way because I feel like it, it, it kind of highlights what the father's trying to say with the phrase it's your time I, I want you to kind of tag this into your your thought process as you listen to the father speak that over you tonight it's your time okay I want you to want you to hear this phrase as well it's your turn it's your turn and when you I don't know, I, I, I thought about this in terms of divine appointments that people had with Jesus. Man, I just get emotional even thinking about it. You know, when you, when you, when you flip through the Gospels and you spend some time reading about how Jesus impacted people's lives. You know, whether it was Zacchaeus who was up in the tree, you know, little Zacchaeus, the tax collector, if it was the woman at the well, or, I mean, if it was one of the disciples, you know, Peter, or 
the man with the withered hand or the child who had epilepsy. I mean, the woman who washed his feet with her hair and anointed his, him with oil. It's, I mean, these experiences that people had with Jesus were life-changing. And truthfully, if you've really had, and I, if you've had, you know, we've all had, I'm assuming, we've all had these experiences in our lives where they're real defining moments. They're defining moments in our, in our Christian walk. And if I had time and, you know, we could open up the mic and have Q&A and I, had people come on and say, okay, why don't you share some of these defining moments in your life? <clears throat> well, I'm sure, you know, people would be able to share these, you know, different times that, that they experienced the Lord or things that God did that, that really, <clears throat> to this day, they're like mile markers in their journey with God. And I, I, when I thought about it, the phrase, it's your time, and then that underlying phrase, it's your turn. And I thought about it in the context of these experiences that people had with Jesus all throughout the Gospels. You know, it was their turn. It was their turn. I mean, Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. He didn't go to Jerusalem before it was his time. He didn't go to, to, to meet Lazarus. And raise him from the dead before he had permission from the father to go, even though it seemed like it was too late. I mean, he was being led by the spirit. I mean, even into the wilderness, when he went into the wilderness, it said he was led by the spirit into the wilderness. I mean, he, he was a spirit-led man. <laughs> he was following the Holy Spirit. And my po- so my point is, is that when it was their turn... That was the father lavishing the kingdom. Well, of course, I'm talking and the battery dies on the mic, so we have to change it. But let me, let me go back to what I was saying. I was saying that it was a divine appointment that was on the father's calendar. And it was their time. It was their turn to receive a manifestation of God's love, of his kingdom, of the Father's will in their lives. And I also want to say this about it. I believe that each person that encountered Jesus that way, whether they were aware of it or not, they were also being spirit-led. I do believe, you know, some people were way purposeful about it. I mean, heck, the woman with the issue of blood, I mean, you know, she, she said, hey, if I touch his garment. But how do you know that was really her thought? You know, how was it? The Holy Spirit was leading her, I believe, at the same time for that divine encounter with Jesus. And so whether you're aware of it or not, I want to propose to you that you are in the midst of being set up. I 
And so whether you're purposely or standing on a word from God or doing something in obedience because God's told it to you, it's the equivalent of if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be whole. And so you're, you're speaking whatever God's been telling you to speak or you're doing whatever God's told you to do. So whether you're like, you know, really on it, like the woman with the issue of blood or whether you're just like, you know, the woman at the issue at the well, who's just trying to get some water. Just go, you know, just head, go ahead into the grocery store. I mean, you know, I don't think she was expecting a big spiritual experience with the Son of God, with the Messiah, with God in human form that day at the well. So I am here to announce to you what, I'm, what I've heard the Father saying. And I have to tell you, when I come into these things, I never have an agenda. Like, I don't come in and think, okay, I'm going to do this podcast on this, or I'm going to do this. Like, I'm not, I'm not plan out your sermons, 365 degree, you know, days in advance, got it all planned out through the whole year. No, I'm a prophetic teacher. I'm a prophetic teacher. It's like I just pick up the mic and I just begin to prophesy. I go to the scriptures that, that the Holy Spirit leads me to. I say what the Holy Spirit's leading me to say. So I just want you to know that although I've been sitting with this a minute, this is not like some premeditated, let me think about what would encourage God's people on this next podcast. Like I really, I, I'm just going to release with this because also I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say this too. I'm just going to release with this the grace to have faith. To have faith in what I'm saying to you. And that it is your time and that it is your turn. And I also really want, and I'll tell you why I'm releasing that faith. Because for some of you, this has probably been one of the hardest times that maybe you've ever been through. For some listeners, this may feel like the worst time. This may feel like You've taken, you know, not just two steps back, but you've taken two years back. Like you can look at your life and think, I felt, think I used to be further along five years ago. Like I think I was more spiritually mature five years ago. I think I had more peace five years ago. Like I think I was more holy. <laughs> at least I was acting more holy five years ago. Like you can look at, you can look around and, and I, I mean, there's been... I think there's been serious like pressure and finances for some of you. I think that there has been um, physical things that some of you have been dealing with, and it seems like it's not getting better, but it's just it's like the woman with the issue of blood, actually. It just feels like it's just growing worse. And so in this place, if, if I'm talking to you specifically, and it feels like it's this worst place, I just want you to consider that the Bible is full of people in the worst place, which that at that exact place, in that moment, it was their turn. And it was their, the breakthrough came. And I want to also commend you. I feel the Father's heart so, um, it's kind of, I, I feel like it's probably how he felt with Job a little bit when Job just wouldn't curse him. You know, um, you just haven't, 
you haven't quit. And I, I just want to, I just want to tell you, you, you've, you've confused the enemy because he really thought you were going to quit. He really thought you were going to quit. And I'll tell you, I mean, I remember, I, I, there's a, just a story. I, I know I share sometimes my same stories, but if the Holy Spirit brings it up, I share the story. But I want to tell you, when, you know, after, you know, I had three miscarriages in the tempting to have two children. And there's a lot of people with really crappy theology, and I just don't know what else to call it besides that, that would have thought in the midst of that, well, I guess it's just not God's will. I guess it's just not meant to be. I guess I'm just not meant to be a mom. I guess, you know, it's like you look around sometimes at the experience that you're going through. And then you start to judge God based on what you're experiencing rather than what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Rather than the idea that Jesus became the curse. Rather than the idea that he defeated once and for all really the... the you know, the, the accuser of the brethren. He did, I mean, I get it that we're still in a battle to fight off those accusations, but that, that it, when Jesus said it is finished, it is actually finished. And a lot of us in those circumstances, I'll tell you, it is tempting. It is tempting. You, and let me tell you, the temptations come a lot of different ways. You think, well, hey, it's me. You just blame yourself. You just think, hey, I just, I can't, I don't have enough faith or I can't, whatever. So then you start putting your eyes on yourself. You know, or then you just, you just create a lot of reasons sometimes when it's hard on why it's not working. And a lot of times you put that on God or you, 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 you make God out to be someone he's not because it's hard or because it's, it's not happening or, right? Or you make yourself out to be someone you're not. Why am I saying that? Because if I had done that, I still wouldn't have kids. And honestly, it really was the grace of God. I'd love to say that I'm just, you know, such a super saint here. But I just really believe it was the grace of God for me to know that God wasn't in, in, in the miscarriage business. And I want to tell you, whatever you're dealing with in your family and whatever's going on, whatever it is, he's not in the destroying business. He's not in the stealing and the killing business. He's in the life abundant business. And if you're not experiencing that yet, I just, I just, I feel like I'm just supposed to, first of all, commend you because you haven't put it on God. And I also want to say, if you have, or if you've put it on yourself, well, you don't have to have all your thought theology correct to actually have your turn. And you don't have to have all of your theology correct for it to be your time. Because the Bible is full of people with really bad theology that had life-changing encounters with God. Let's, can we talk about Saul for a minute? Who became Paul? So this is not about you getting it all right. This is about the goodness of your father. And so I almost feel like I should share this. There have been times, I probably can count them on one hand, 
where I had really gotten, <laughs> I mean, to the place where, you know, the, the word says that there will never be, you know, a temptation that comes upon you that is too much for you to bear. But with every temptation, there's always a way of escape. But I will say this, I've been to the place, I don't know if you've been there, but I've been to the very edge of that place. <laughs> and I get it, amen? Where you're like, I know it says that you won't give me more than I can take, but I'm right at that place. And I want to I encourage you with this, because intimacy with God is such a beautiful thing. It's the thing. And I have personally, again, I've only called in this card about maybe two times in my walk with God. But I have called it in. And I've said, Jesus, I know you said you wouldn't put more on me than I can take. And I'm sure you're probably the real judge of what I can take and what I can't. But from my perspective, I'm there. And then I'm going to give you something else. This is kind of a little bold, but you know what? The righteous are as bold as a lion. And I said this. You know, in all relationships, you teach us that it is healthy to have boundaries. And so I'm going to play the boundary card here. i got to set a boundary with this. So whatever it is that I need to know or that I need to do, in order to get the breakthrough here, I need it now. I need it now. And I can say in all of my years of teaching and preaching, I don't think I've ever really shared that before. And I think it's significant that I'm sharing it with you tonight because I, I want you to know, and I feel like the Father wants you to know this too, because a lot of us grew up in dysfunctional parental relationships where we did not have a voice, where we did not have a word. We couldn't speak. We were just seen and not heard or whatever. Sit down, shut up, whatever it was. And I'm not trying to be dishonoring to our parents. I mean, heck, that was probably how our parents grew up and how their parents grew up and how their parents grew up. But we just haven't been exposed in a lot of times to what healthy parental relationships look like. And I want to just share with you that you have a voice with your father. You have a no and a yes with your father. And it's your time to use it. And let me say this. I think the reason that I could have that kind of conversation with the father was because I have an ongoing conversation with the father. And what I mean by that is, it, I don't just come in the, the, point, the time of desperation or I don't just walk through Christian activities, okay, like just doing the Christian things, like we're doing Bible reading now and we're listening to worship now and we're going to go to church now and we're going to give our offering now. And again, not that, there's, not, there's absolutely nothing don't hear me judging any of those things as wrong things. But let me propose that the purpose for all of those things is intimacy with God. It's knowing God. We go to church to experience God, to know God. 
We read our Bibles to experience God, to know God. We worship God to experience his presence and to know him and to receive revelation from him. We give our offerings because we're being spirit-led to give where the spirit is asking us to give them. It's coming out of an intimate relationship with him. We're not going through the motions of Christianity. And so I'm sharing that to say that your father wants to have conversations with you, to be your source of everything that you need on this planet. It's not that he won't use other people to meet your needs, but he will use other people to meet your needs. And I feel that I'm saying that specifically because if you're going to encounter your time, if this is your time, if this is your turn, and the Father's wanting to lavish his kingdom and his love and his gifts upon you, his freedom, his peace, and be the source to meet whatever the need is that you have, then it's really an invitation to have a conversation with him. You know, every single one of those experiences that I talked about a minute ago in the Gospels with Jesus was a conversation. I mean, the woman with the issue of blood, she snuck in. But then she had a conversation. The woman at the well had a conversation. All of the disciples, before they left their nets, had a conversation. There was a conversation between Paul, or he was Saul at the time, and Jesus on the road to Damascus. And so I want to encourage you. If it, it, and for some of you, this is just a reminder because it already is such a big part of your life. But for other of you, this is a struggle. It's not something that you're, maybe you're doing all the time. But I want you to hear what I really feel from the Father's heart tonight. That your conversations with him will lead you through whatever you are going through. And they will lead you into complete victory. The manifestation of what Jesus died for you to experience. That's what these conversations will bring. And if you are not hearing God clearly... For whatever reason, maybe it's not a practice that you've developed, or maybe it's something you don't have a lot of confidence in, or maybe it's something that uh, you just have been so freaked out, you couldn't hear his voice, you're just so stressed, or whatever. I just want to really encourage you tonight to rearrange whatever needs to be rearranged, and to center your life around conversations with God. 
If you have to offend some people to make time to hear from God, I just want to tell you, offend the people. Because there is nothing more important than you being led by God. Those that are led by the, by the Lord, these are the sons of God. Those that are led by the Spirit of the Lord, that are led by the Holy Spirit, these are the sons of God. This is what it means to be a Christian. A Christian, a son, someone who lives in union with Jesus, it means that we are Spirit-led people. And if we are going to be led by the Spirit, well, how many of you know we need some instructions? We really need some instructions. And I just want to, I tell you, I think a lot of times my job is to help Christians be practical. Especially for the prophetic people that I hang out with, right? Because, you know, they're riding white horses and they're sliding down rainbows and they're, you know wielding the lightning rods and you know meanwhile there's all kinds of chaos going on I'm all for you know sliding down the rainbows and I'm all for that but we just need to get it from rainbow land down to practical right how do I actually manifest heaven on earth how do I actually receive my inheritance in Christ? How do I become like the people in the Bible that when they actually had a conversation with Jesus, something actually shifted? Hey, that's a powerful point. And so the, what, I, what I want to share with you is that our conversations with God are awesome when they're in that realm of glory and fun and all of that. But let me say this, he's, he's, he's practical. He's got really, really practical advice, practical instructions. And by the way, they may not make sense. The practical things like go fill up the water pots, super practical. Ridiculous instruction, but practical. March around Jericho seven times, like very specific. And I think sometimes, here's what, here, I'm telling you, the attack in your life primarily, I know that it's manifesting in all kinds of things, you know, finances, physical things, whatever, relational things, strife, whatever it is. I get that there's circumstantial things going on that look like this is where the battle is. The battle is here. It's out of here with my finances. It's out of here and I'm trying to get healed. I'm trying to get healed. I'm, I'm this, I'm that. I'm, you know, like you're, you're fighting the circumstances. Need a manifestation. Need a breakthrough. But I'm telling you, the actual battle is for your intimacy with God. It's for you hearing the practical instruction that brings the light where you no longer have to fight. Because when God speaks an instruction and when God speaks and he sheds light on a situation and you have his perspective and you're looking at it for what it is, there is no fight. And so the fight is to hear. The fight is for intimacy. The fight is to 
you know, think about the disciples. One day they were in the boat and Jesus is just walking on the water and walking on by. And they're like, don't pass us by. You know, and I know there's like old hymns and stuff that are not good theology that talk about that. But the point is, we can miss it. We can miss it. And that's kind of the strategy. <laughs> that's the enemy's strategy because he doesn't have anything else. He's either got to get you distracted, offended, uh, you know, dealing with the actual circumstances themselves. Uh, he's got to get you into worry. He's got, he's got to get you, he's got to get you out of the place where you are being led by the Spirit. And I tell you, sometimes it feels like sitting with God or hearing from God or whatever. It's like the least productive thing you can do. And then a lot of times when you sit there, you think, oh, is this even God? Is what I'm hearing even God? And I want to tell you this right now. I want you to keep talking. If you're not sure it's God, then you just haven't been talking long enough. Because if you keep talking and you keep hearing and you keep asking questions, and I think about scriptures like Proverbs 3, 5 that says, you know, don't lean on your own understanding, just acknowledge me in all your ways and I will direct your path. So you're just acknowledging. You're just acknowledging whatever God is speaking. So if he's saying, you know, I want you to go interview for this job. I'm just going to use a very practical example. You're just like, I don't know if that's God. I don't know if that's God. Well, you know what you say? I'm just going to acknowledge that I heard, go interview for this job. You know, but in James chapter 1, it talks about, you know, if anyone lacks wisdom, let them ask. But it also says, let them ask in faith. Nothing wavering. So you can't sit down and hear God and the whole time waver. Like you exercise your faith. This is God. I'm hearing God. And then you acknowledge it. Okay, I heard that. What else do you need me to know about it? I mean, worst case, just say, I'm having trouble. I'm wavering. I need some more. I need to hear more from you. I need some confirmation. And keep writing. Keep writing. If you were on the phone or talking to any other person, you would not have one-sentence conversations. Very rarely. We very, very rarely even have one-sentence texts. But you know what? If somebody was on the other end of my text and they were impersonating me, if you kept texting me, pretty soon you would figure out, this is not Shalise. Who is this? You know, you would continue the conversation. You wouldn't just take one little thing. If you didn't understand the instruction, you'd be like, right? You'd send me an emoji, be like, what? So I, I, I think a lot of times we just aren't pressing into the instructions that we need in order to see what is rightfully, honestly, our inheritance in Christ. I go back to the example with the inherit with with the miscarriage because it's a great example because I I really did know it was not the will of God. And I really did believe the enemy was stealing from me. 
And so I asked God, I said, how is the enemy stealing from me? And you know, it wasn't like he gave me, I mean, maybe he did. It's been a long time since, I mean, my, my youngest is nine. So it's been a long time since I've been having this conversation with God. But you know how he answered me? Through a book. He gave me a book and I read the book. And it was clear, this is God talking to me. God's talking to me through this book. This is the answer. And then I got to have a conversation with him about the book. Right? So he, he's not, it isn't always just sitting down with your journal and getting the direct answer. But it is an ongoing conversation. And you are actively looking for the keys and for the information that you are needing. And you are in a, you're maintaining a, li, a listening posture. And why am I sharing this? Because there are some things that I'm telling you, it's like I see them. It's Holy Spirit, you know, I love it. In John, I think it's chapter 16, I'm, I'm just talking. I'm not looking up scriptures like I normally do. So let me see if I can find it. But let me just tell you the scripture while I'm looking it up. And it's the scripture in John that says, you know, how be it when the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you into all truth. He will not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, that shall he speak. And he will show you the future. And in certain uh, translations of that, it says that... Um, he will take what belongs to Jesus and he will manifest that to you. And so what I'm kind of seeing as I'm sitting here talking, I think it's John 14, I'll have to look. Um, but what I'm seeing is like these things that are being transmitted to you. And these transmissions that are coming to you are, they're gifts, but they're, they're, they're breakthroughs. They're manifestations of the kingdom. They are healings. They are financial uh, provision. They are they're answers. They're the answer to what you need. If God is the source and Jesus supplied it, then the Holy Spirit is transmitting it to you. So it's kind of like it's on the train, you know, coming from heaven to the seen realm, into your life. And... The Holy Spirit's job is to get this stuff to you. I mean, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. It says, but the Holy Spirit has revealed these things. So let me go back because I'm jumping ahead here. Um, He says this, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. This is John 14, 16. Comforter, advocate, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, strengthener, standby. To be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take into its heart because it doesn't see him or know him. But it says this, but you know him. Because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. You have the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengther, the standby, the spirit of the father that is with you forever, that lives inside of you. And let me tell you, he's here to help. He's here to comfort. He's here to advocate. He's here to intercede. He's here to counsel. He's here to strengthen. He is here as your standby and he is available to help in any time and any way that you need. And I, I'm still looking for the, uh, 
the word that it talks about where he will manifest what belongs to Jesus and give it to you. Because this is, he is the manifester. He's all of these things, but he's the manifester. And he, here we go. Here we go. Verse 14, it's John 16, 14. I knew it was John 16. It says, he will glorify and honor me because he, the Holy Spirit, will take from what is mine and in the Amplified here it says, disclose it to you. In other versions it says, transmit it to you, manifest it to you. He is the manifester. So let's think about this in terms of these encounters that people had with Jesus. Okay, so the woman at the well or the woman with the issue of blood or... I mean, any of the examples I've given earlier. What was the role of the Holy Spirit there? Here's Jesus. But Jesus was a man anointed by the Holy Spirit who went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that was doing the healing. He was manifesting what the Father had to give, the kingdom. And so this... Reliance, you know, all those that are led by the Spirit of the Lord, these are the sons of God. I'm, t- I'm telling you, it's your time. It is your time. And God wants to communicate to you. The Holy Spirit wants to communicate to you. In the same way he communicated to every single person in the Bible that ever had a breakthrough. Father, what else do you want to speak? I, I, just, I, I just hear him saying... Be encouraged. Be encouraged. That this message tonight, and or today, whenever you're listening to it, is meant to encourage you. This is a word of encouragement from the Father, straight from his heart, to say, I am here, I am with you, I am on the scene, and it's your time. Just listen to me. Just listen to me. I will tell you what to do. I will show you what to do. I will lead you step by step by step by step by step into, into, into the victory. And I want to say this. I also feel like he's, he, this is a word he's given to me personally. But I feel like he's expanding it for, for whosoever will right now. And I felt like the Lord said to me, he said, Shalise, Allow me to blow your mind with what I can accomplish between now and the end of the year with your focus. Listen, what I can accomplish between now and the end of the year with your focus. So I'm sharing that because I believe he just said that's a whosoever will word. But let me break it down for you because... He says, let me astound you. Let me blow your mind with what I will accomplish between now and the end of the year with your focus. So what is, what is he asking for me? He's asking for focus. Focus. You know what focus is? It's attention. He's asking for my attention. Man, you better hear that. God wants to astound you with what he can accomplish between now and the end of the year if you will give him your attention. He needs, he wants attention. How many parents want attention of their kids when they're talking? Any parents out there want their kids to listen when they're talking and actually pay attention to what they're saying? You know how many times I have to tell my kids the same thing, my kids the same thing all the time? Like, talk about attention. 
You know, it's like, right, you know, but they tell you that, you know, don't, don't you say that, pay attention. That's like something you hear as a kid all the time. Pay attention, pay attention. Are you listening? Are you listening? Pay attention. What did I say? Repeat what I just said. What did I just say? You know, I tell you like five out of 10 times, they can't repeat what you said. You're like, look at me. Okay. Listen, listen to what I'm saying right now. Literally, I packed up my youngest daughter for camp today. And I told her, she went to camp a little earlier in the summer, and I told her when she went away to camp the first time, honey, I'm packing these plastic bags in your suitcase so that you can put your dirty clothes in them. She's nine. She's not thinking about where she's putting her dirty clothes. So, of course, she came home, and her suitcase was, you know, half clean, half dirty, you know, and it's like gross camp dirty. It's not like just dirty clothes. They're like kids without any parental supervision for a week. I had to literally, like, dust bust the suitcase, right? It's dirt. It's dirty. But, you know, the little bag that I put in there hadn't been used at all. You know, I'm like, well, did you not remember that I told you? No. Right? Well, today we're packing up. We're going. And so I literally brought her into the suitcase room and was like, okay, look, see this bag. Do you see this bag? Like we were just like, she's looking at the bag. Yeah, mom. I see. Now, really, are you really paying attention? Because sometimes they're there, but they're not there. Right? Like you really see it. Okay. And then she said, well, where are you going to put it, mom? I'm like, I'm going to put it right in this little zip. We'll see. We'll see if she really, you know, if it worked or not. It's no big deal. It's just a plastic bag. It's just dirty clothes. I have a dustbuster. It's not the end of the world. It's a story. And why am I telling the story? I'm telling the story because God wants your attention. He's your parent. He's a great dad. He's a wonderful dad. You can actually have great conversations with them. He's the dad you can call him from college and be like, I spent all my money. Can you send me some more? Right? He's the dad that's like, I wrecked my car and he doesn't get mad. Well, let's go see. Let's go check it out. Let's, you know, I mean, he's that dad. He's the dad that you like thought you always wanted to have. Like he's that dad. He's the dad that your best friend had or whoever that friend. I wish I had that kind of a, he's that dad. He's that dad, and he has everything you need, and he's saying, it's your time. It's your turn, and let me, I kind of even have a funny, even visualization with that, because you know, sometimes when you've got a lot of kids in the family, sometimes you do have to wait your turn. You've got to wait your turn to take a shower. You've got to wait your turn to, you know, get a snack. Sometimes you've got to, you know, but I'm, I'm not, I mean, God's attentive to all of us all the time, but it made me laugh because I kind of got this idea that, like, he's calling you up. Like, come on, it's your turn. Come on, come, come on. Let's let's do this. Come on. And so I want you. He wants you. I want you. We want you to really, really embrace what I'm saying today, and make your relationship with God. And when I say your relationship with God, I'm not talking about Christian activities. Even though I guess technically sitting down and talking with God would be considered a Christian activity. But I'm really talking about taking time and paying attention. And let me say this for those of you who like hop around like every Christian message and every, you know, you're so pre, your mind's so preoccupied with all these great messages and all these great things that you actually get confused. You know, and I just want to say this, like, it's one thing if God's like led you to listen to a message, like that's totally awesome or led you to do this particular thing because he's speaking to you through that. But if you're confused, you've got, you don't know what to do, then that means you need to 
sit with God. Be still and know that he is God. You need to, you need to connect with him directly. Directly. And I just am going to say this one last time because I feel the Lord saying it to me again. He can lead you through anything. He can take you through the fire and not even you don't even get burned. He can take you through any horrible doctor's report you've ever received. He can take you through any financial disaster that may come your way. You will, yeah, yes, we will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for the victory has already been won. Jesus has overcome the world. And so, beloved, I just pray for you tonight. I pray that you would enter into a new level of dependency on the Father. That you would be so blown away by his delight. Like Jesus. Jesus was like, he knew. He knew he was the Father's delight. When the devil came and tried to get him to prove he was the Father's delight, Jesus didn't have to prove anything. In the wilderness, he just said, he didn't have to prove he was the Son of God. He, was, he knew. He knew his Father. And I just pray that you would have confidence that you are Daddy's favorite. Confidence that he has got your back. That he has gone before you to make a way. That he is cleaning up your messes, whatever you're making. Whatever kind of messes you might be making, he's cleaning them up because that's what parents do. And that you can become like a little child. That you don't have to be all super uber responsible for yourself and everybody else. That you can just live simply in the Father's pleasure. And that in that place of intimacy, you'll find rest. That, that you'll know that the Father is working. That you can rest and he can work. And if there's something that you're supposed to do, a book you're supposed to whatever he's asking you to do, you can do that. But how many of you know, filling up the water pots wasn't the hard part. Marching around Jericho wasn't the hard part. The miraculous part was God's part. And so we can, we can do our part, but man, the Father, it wants to astound us. And so God, we receive it tonight. We receive your goodness. We receive you doing the exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, all that we can think, our highest dreams, our highest prayers. According to that power that works in us, God, I call us into this place of rest and peace and conversation. You can have our attention. You can, we just, we just, we'll pay attention, Daddy. We're going to pay attention. Yeah. And Father, when we are all wound up and you can't seem to get our attention, Lord, you know what? Just help us sit down. Help us sit down and quit being so hyper. Help us just, just take a minute. Not be so busy so that we can connect and hear what you are saying. And Father, we receive. It is our time. It's like I hear a, a timer going off in the spirit, like the cake is ready or something, right? Like, bing, bing. It's miracle time. Your miracle's ready. 
Your miracle's ready. Your miracle's ready. God's ready to serve it up. It's your turn. It's your time. It is miracle time. It is miracle time in your life. It is manifestation time in your life. It is your turn. It is your time. Pay attention. Focus. What is God transmitting? What is he transmitting? Father, we are focused. I just declare we're focused. And Father, I also just speak just a redemption of time that's been stolen. I just thank you, Father, that we're not behind. You can, man, you created all things in seven days. What can you do in a week? Six days. You rested on seven, technically, so what can you do in six days? So we just receive the move of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We receive the instructions. We receive the conversations. We receive everything that you're transmitting to us, God. And we just thank you in advance for it. We just thank you for the miracle. We thank you for the manifestation. We thank you for it right now, God. Because thanking you is telling you we've received it. So we just thank you for it. And we just call it all done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Well, if you are being blessed by this podcast, I encourage you, head on over to Shalise.com, support the ministry. You can donate. You can partner there at Shalise.com. That's S-C-H-L-Y-C-E.com. I never spell it. And I always think, people don't know how to spell my name. But hey, check it out. Go on over to the, the website and partner. Help us spread the word. Uh, the gospel is good news, better than we thought, and everyone needs to hear it. And also, if you are interested in our Emerge School of Transformation, if you've not heard about that, I encourage you to head on over to www.thepathfreebook.com. Download my book, The Path. Uh, it'll tell you more about our school, but it'll also lead you through incredible encounters with God and help you discover your life purpose. So uh, head on over to that website as well. Uh, get on our email list, uh, download the book, and uh, find out more about how you can get connected uh, to the ministry. So God bless you, and we will see you next time.